Galatians chapter 2. This has been such a wonderful study, and today I get to preach one of the greatest passages of Scripture in the Bible. I, I, I told someone before church, if a preacher can't preach this text, he needs to find another job. Look with me at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for dying on the cross for us. And we've just sung about it. And Lord, it is where we truly live. So Father, please help us now as we study this passage. Help us to comprehend what it means. And uh, Lord, help us to leave here refreshed. In Jesus' name, amen. This is one of the most encouraging passages of Scripture in the Bible. And learning it and understanding it is really going to help us. I want to compare it to... Uh, this, this is a parallel Bible. This has the King James, the New King James, the NIV, and the New Living Testament. And uh, so uh, l- let me read this verse to you from the NIV. It says, I have been crucified with Christ... And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by the faith. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So I, I can identify four key teachings of this passage that are lost if you have an NIV Bible in your hands. And so uh, this this message is not on the Bible issue. We're going to deal with that for a whole series this fall. True from the beginning. God's Word is true from the beginning. Amen? We're going to see right from the beginning of this verse what happens to doctrine when the words cease to be important. When you're just trying to communicate a thought as opposed to communicating the words of Scripture, you actually undermine the message of the Bible. And so let's look at this verse. It begins, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified crucified with Christ. Now, if you notice what we read a minute ago, it said, I have been crucified. I have been. Well, if that's the case, if that's a past event, then what about your present sin? You see, I am crucified. I am living right now in... I am living the crucified life. My flesh was crucified with Christ. Let's try and get an understanding of that. Go back, keep your place in Galatians. Go to Matthew chapter 27. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Matthew chapter 27. And look at verse 38. Matthew 27, 38. This is when Jesus Christ was on the cross. Verse 38 says, Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. Is this the same thing that Paul is talking about in Galatians 2.20? No. No. You see, these men, these thieves were literally crucified with Jesus Christ. Is that right? They were literally crucified with Christ. And it did them this much spiritual good. 
You see, the physical act meant nothing. On the cross, Jesus Christ was paying the penalty of the law that he had not violated. He was paying the penalty that I... He was paying the penalty for the violation of the law that I had made, that you have made. You see, the only way Christ's crucifixion could be effectual or effective for those thieves on the crosses on either side of our Lord was if somehow that was applied to their account. And the one thief said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And what did Jesus Christ say to him? This day you'll be with me in paradise. You see, the physical the, the physical aspect, the physical event of crucifixion would mean nothing for me. If we said, if we started teaching that you have to be crucified in order to go to heaven, we would just have a whole lot of tortured people in hell. The event of the crucifixion was only effective because of the one being crucified, the sinless Savior, He who knew no sin. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. See, we have to understand that the physical act had no spiritual effect on those thieves whatsoever. Our text says more than that Christ was crucified for him or that he received the benefits of crucifixion or even that he is regarded as crucified because of Christ's crucifixion. Paul says not only that he was nailed to the cross with Christ, but that he is still hanging there. And here's where that becomes so important. Because on the cross, we died to sin. We died to the law. I am no longer under the penalty of the law. That has been nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Remember the context. The context of this passage is that Peter was, trying, was living away in a way that would teach people that they had to live under the law. Remember, when some came from Jerusalem, he wouldn't eat with Jews or with Gentiles. He refused to eat with Gentiles. So the apostle Paul withstood him to his face, and this is still a part of that explanation. So he's saying what happened to the law. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse... I said 20, it's verse 14. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. Here's what happened on the cross. Blotting out the, the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. The cross is the place where all believers died to the law. That what's going on, what the Apostle Paul is explaining in Galatians 2.20 is the relationship of the believer to the law. Now, what law? The Ten Commandments. Plus the other 613 
Levitical details, the 613 laws that were put on the people. Because you know what the law teaches us? That we can't keep the law. We can't keep it. We've been redeemed from it. Look at Galatians chapter 3. In verse 13. Well, look at verse 10 first. Galatians 3.10. Look what the Bible says about the law. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. All right, so anybody that thinks, and let's, let's apply it to today. Anyone that thinks that their good works are good enough to take, the, take them to heaven, if they think that they can somehow appease a holy God by their behavior, what this is saying is that is a curse. It's a curse. Because if you violate in one point the law, if you violate the point, if you violate the law in one point, you're guilty of all of the law. That's a curse. That's a curse. But look at verse 13. Look at what happened on the cross. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Man, you ought to mark that, for us. That's amazing. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus Christ, that, 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 that hanging on the tree, that crucifixion, it was a cursed death. And Jesus Christ took that curse for us. Why? To redeem us from the curse of the law. You see, what Paul is explaining in Galatians 2.20 is our, our relationship as believers to the law. We have died to it. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Romans chapter 7, 1. He's speaking to people who really understand the law of God. We know that because look at what he says. Chapter 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? All right. So if a man is living to the law, he is under the law. That's why he has to die. That's why he has to die. Go back to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. This is Paul's commentary on, Galat on, on Romans 7 1. Look at what it says. As long as a man lives, he's under the law. Romans 7 1. Look at Galatians 2 20. I'm crucified with Christ. That is crucified to the law. You see, on the cross, those handwritings, those, those, those ordinances of handwriting that were written against us, it's like this is, the, this is the indictment against me. The nail went right through it and nailed it to the cross. See, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law for me. And that's why, while the law has not been destroyed, it's been fulfilled. Is that right? 
But the Apostle Paul said that he, he destroyed the teaching of the works of the law. Look at what the Bible says. Look at what it says in verse 18. This is Galatians 2, verse 18. For, I, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. What's he talking about? The works of the law. The, you know what the preaching of grace does? You know what the preaching of the grace of God does? It destroys the teaching of the works of the law. So, Luke, if I tell you that if someone's telling you that you have to be good to go to heaven and you've got to keep trying, try harder. Well, I'm doing the best. Try harder. You're not being good enough. You, see, even looking at me like that, it's not good enough. Imagine. I, I was telling some people. Here, stand up with me for a minute, Luke. I was telling some people in our church, they were talking about this guy there in New York that was 6'5 and what a giant he was. And I said, man, in our church, we've got fifth graders that are taller than me. Fifth grade or sixth grade? Sixth. Oh, he's in sixth grade now. Okay, thanks, Luke. You can sit down. But here's the deal. If Luke is told that his behavior will determine whether or not he gets to heaven, then that's a curse. He's under that curse. What Paul is teaching is that his entire ministry, his entire ministry, since God called him to be an apostle, since Jesus Christ met him on the Damascus Road, his entire ministry has been to destroy the teaching that the works of the law can save you. Is that right? Do you want to see a great change? Look at chapter 1 and verse 23. If you look at verse 22 for the context, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. You see, he used to destroy the faith of Jesus Christ. He used to kill people who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He used to kill people who were of the way, the truth, and the life. That's what the Bible says. He would seek out any who were of that way and haul them into prison. That's what he used to do. But now his whole ministry is to destroy the teaching that the works of the law can save you. It cannot. So Galatians 2.20 is all about the believer's relationship to the law. The law no longer has power over us because that law that was written against us has been nailed to the cross. So now, let's look at the next aspect of this. The, the paradox is not that Paul was crucified and now lives, but that he is crucified with Christ and lives. You see... It's not him that lives, but it's Christ that lives in him. What in the world is all of that talking about? Well, what we have to come to realize is that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ did something very special to us. We were completely with him in all of it. Let's, let's try to get a, a good understanding of that. Look what the Bible says. Look with me in Colossians 2.20. Let's look at how we were with Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. 
This is one of the key themes of the New Testament. Colossians 2. Look at verse, we'll start reading in verse 13 and read down to verse 20 for the context. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together, that's made alive, quickened together with him, having forgiven you, what? All trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So having spoiled principalities and powers. What he's doing here when he died on the cross? He is openly defeating demons and devils. That's what this is saying. He openly triumphed over them. Now look. Verse, six, verse 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. All right, so what he's saying is, look, don't don't let anybody talk you into worshiping angels. Don't let anybody talk you into not eating meat. Don't let anybody talk you into if you miss a certain holy day that you're not right with God or a certain Sabbath that you're not right with God. You see, all the holy days and Sabbaths pointed to Jesus Christ. That's what the text says. But now Jesus Christ is here. Now we worship Him. We don't need those holy days. We worship Him. So here, remember the holy days. There's Passover, the, the, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the, the, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. All of those feasts pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to keep those feasts anymore. Amen? All right. And that, all right. There, there was a very distractible moment right there. I could have run down a rabbit trail, but let's focus on this. So now it says, don't, don't be puffed up. When, when somebody that tries to get you to do all these things at the end of verse 18, he's puffed up by his fleshly mind. Verse 19, and not holding the head. Look at that. See, it's capitalized. It's Jesus Christ from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Now, these ordinances, these are those 614 specific laws. You're not subject to those anymore. Why? Because you are dead with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. See, this is we we associate with Christ. We died with him in his death. Look with me at uh, keep keep Colossians because we're going to come right back to it. But go to Ephesians. Or go to Romans. Y'all don't laugh at me. 
You'll be old someday. Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 5. Look, look at the... I love the terminology. Um, Aaron, Edwards, are you here? Eric? Eric, are you here? There's Eric. This is... Is Aaron here too? Nursery. All right. <laughs> look, look at... Eric, this is, this is some good terminology for you. All right. Look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. Eric's a funeral director. (laughs) What happens after you die? You get planted. Is that right? That's, That's what the Bible says. I wouldn't recommend you use that, you know, for your next, you know. Whatever you call it. Um. What is it when you call pre prearrangements? Is that what you call it? What? Okay, your next prearrangements. Don't you know? I wouldn't use that terminology. So when you get planted, what kind of coffin do you want? All right. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. See, not only are we dead with him, that's what it said in Colossians two twenty, but we're planted with him. We're buried with him. What are we looking at? We are, we're looking at our identification with Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. See, we die with Him, and we're buried, we're planted with Him, and we also rise with Him. That's what the text says. That's what the Bible says. Look also with me at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. We're planted with Him. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Quickened, made alive. So we're planted with Him, and we're made alive. When we die in His death, then we are raised to with Him in newness of life. What's happening? Well, Jesus Christ was crucified. Is that right? So he died. And then he was put in the tomb. He was buried. And then he rose from the dead. When we are saved, when we're born again, what happens is we die with him in death. We are buried with him and we're made alive to walk together in newness of life. That's what happens. We are identified with his death, burial, and resurrection. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is Jesus Christ right now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Where are we? We are with Him. We are in Jesus Christ. Not only in salvation, where we buried with Him, we died with Him on the cross, we're buried with Him, we're raised together with Him, and now we are seated with Him in heavenly places. That is a fantastic truth. What what is that telling us? You don't have to yield to your flesh. You can be free from sin. Now, does that mean you're going to be sinless? No, not as long as you have this flesh. 
But now you've been made alive to Jesus Christ. Now you can pray. Now you can interact with Him. Now you can serve Him. Now you can be zealous of good works. Just an amazing passage of Scripture. You see, we're, we're, we're buried with Christ. We're quickened with Christ. Look at Colossians 3.1. Colossians 3.1 If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Look at verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked, walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now look at this. You know what's happening here? We're seeing the result of the crucified life. The, the result of the crucified life is that you're able to put off the old man and put on the new man. I am crucified with Christ. You know what a crucified man can't do? You can't hold on to things. You can't. You can't hold on to anything while you're crucified. That's why it's so important that Jesus Christ holds you. And you live a life completely for the Lord Jesus Christ. See, our problem is that we are not dead to the world. We are so full of of the world that the world controls us. Do you ever feel that way as a believer? How many of you, honestly, sometimes you think, man, my mind is so worldly. What are we going to do about that? Well, let's go back to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. What is the answer? I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Here it is. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Notice what it says. And the life which I now live, what does it say?
Okay, look at your Bible. And the life which I now live in the flesh. Your flesh is not dead. Jesus Christ is in you. And this is an important study that we'll have to spend some time on another time. But the Bible says that Jesus, not only are we indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we're also indwelt by the Spirit of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ is in us. Is that right? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I think it was just last week that we talked about the faith of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 16, Galatians 2:16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. You see, we're saved by faith, but the faith comes from Jesus Christ. Is that right? Now we go down to Galatians 2.20 and look at what it says. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. How are we saved? By the faith of the Son of God. How do we live in the flesh? By the faith of the Son of God. So here's the deal. You're still in your flesh. Okay, everybody do this, just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Do this. All right. How many of you actually are touching something? All right. Is it alive? It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> right? It's the flesh. Your flesh is still alive. Some people have the idea, and this comes from John Wesley, the eradication of the flesh, the idea he believed that you could reach a state of sinless perfection. How are we doing in that? We can't because we have this flesh. So here's our problem. Uh, it's like old Luke here. Luke, come here. Come on up here with me. Okay, here's Luke. His parents keep telling him to try harder. Try harder. Try harder. You got to do better. I know you're trying, but you got to do better. And that's true. Right? But none of that has anything to do with whether or not you go to heaven. Amen? Uh, no. Is your dad still your basketball coach? Yeah. Does he always tell you you can do better? Yeah. And you can. Isn't that right, coach? You've always got that next little bit in you. When you think you're done, when you think you've gone as far as you can, a good coach helps you go to the next step, to that next place that you didn't know that you had. How many of you played sports and you remember when you got to that place that you didn't know you had? Amen. Now, some of you, that was walking with one foot in front of the other. But, right? We're all different levels. So, all of that is true. The problem comes when we try to apply that into our Christian life. Because in our flesh, that's true. Physically, you are capable of doing more than you think you can. Rarely are any of us taxed to the point of exhaustion, physically. We can always do more than we think we can. The problem is that thinking is fleshly when it comes to spiritual things. When we think... So now, Luke, are you saved? You know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die? Yeah. Amen. That's by faith, the faith of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave him the faith to trust in him. Amen? You all agree with that? So now what we do is to live the Christian life, we just try harder. 
you know what? I messed this up, but I can do better. I messed this up, but I can do better. Thanks, Luke. How many of you honestly in your Christian life have said that? I can do better. No, you can't. You can't do better in the flesh. That's why at some point we have to grasp this concept. I am crucified with Christ. Mortify the flesh. Put it to death. And do right by the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen? When you mess up in your Christian life, and it's going to happen, you know what you can say? Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me, but I've been trying to do this on my own. Help me to live today by your faith. Lord, give me the faith to face my boss today. Give me the faith to overcome the flesh today. Give me the faith to give the gospel today. Give me the faith to walk in your word today. Give me the faith to live out the things that I've learned from your word because I've been trying and I'm just weak. The harder I try, the worse it gets. Lord, help me to know how to live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you know what the cool thing is? Young people, when you go to school tomorrow, You can live for the Lord by the faith of the Son of God. See, He can help you be a witness. He can help you take a stand. He can help you live the Christian life in front of your friends. He can help you to do right. He can help you do your homework. Because you're supposed to obey. Isn't that right? See, the Lord can help you. How about you adults? How many of you adults have a hard time living? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand here. But how many of you have a hard time living the Christian life at work? Because it's a hard place to live the Christian life. I'm so focused on my job and I'm surrounded by worldliness that sometimes I act just like they do. You know why? Because that's your flesh. Your flesh wants to behave like flesh. That's why you have to live the Christian life, by the faith of the Son of God. That's our only hope. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you believe a lie? Before whom the truth has been laid evidently. Let's look at it. Galatians 3, 1. Two verses later. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should believe a lie? Or that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth. What's it say? Do you see how these words all tie together? The crucifixion of Christ. You're crucified with him. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's a rhetorical question, right? The answer is by the hearing of faith. Is that right? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. For the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are 
of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live, what does it say? By faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. See, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Amen. See, man, I hope this is so encouraging to you. Uh, Will you testify with us for a minute? Young people, I want all you young people to, to look. I want you to turn around. Young people, turn around. How many of you older believers, sometimes it's hard to live the Christian life? Would you raise your hand? It's hard. It's hard. See, young people, it's not just you guys. It's all of us. It's hard to live the Christian life sometimes. But the encouragement is we do that by faith, just like we got saved by faith. Aren't you glad you don't have to work for your salvation? Amen. Amen. And that's how you live the Christian life too. See, the Christian life should be a life of joy, not struggle. Now, are we going to struggle with the flesh? Yes. Are we going to struggle with the world, the flesh, and the devil? Yes. But when we do it by faith, then we're doing it in peace and joy. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want you all to have joy this week. I want you to be able to serve God with joy this week, with thankfulness this week. You know how that happens? When you do it by the faith of Jesus Christ. Lord, help me today. Lord, help me today. I can't do this. You homeschooling moms, Valium's not the answer. I know you think it is. <laughs> what is it? Jim Beam is not the answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the answer. The faith of Jesus Christ. You can do what God's called you to do. Sunday school teachers, I know sometimes it's hard to teach that lesson every week. When I listed all the teachers the other day, a few weeks ago, that have, that have been faithful, I forgot about Stacy New. Stacy, how long have you been teaching? Where's Stacy? She's in junior church. I think she's had that class how long? 14 years, 13 years, something like that. Sometimes it gets hard to teach those kids every week because they're your kids. You know, sometimes it gets hard to do that, Sunday school teachers, junior church workers, Awana workers. Sometimes disciplers, you see your disciple and it seems like they're going so slow. You can do it by the faith of Jesus Christ. You disciples, your discipler wants you to memorize these verses and it feels like you're having to memorize the whole Bible. You know who will help you do that? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will help you. He'll bring those things to your remembrance. He'll help you learn those. We have to do it by the faith of Jesus Christ. So what are we learning? We're learning that we're saved by faith, and that faith comes by, from Jesus Christ. And we serve the Lord by faith, and that faith comes from Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That's the crucified life. That's the crucified life. Amen? Let's read Galatians 2.20 together. Let's go to it. We'll read it. Let's all stand
Let's read this together and then we'll pray. Read this as a prayer and as a testimony. And I hope it's true of you. If you've not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're not crucified with Christ. You're still under the curse of the law. If you want to be made free from the law, then you have to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, trusting Him alone for your eternal life. We can help you do that. But let's read this together. Ready? I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Lord, so much for your word.